Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. Please help by liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast if you're watching this on YouTube or BitChute. These are all free and help out a great deal. Word of mouth is how shows like this reach more people who are interested. Another way you can support this podcast is by way of a PayPal tip jar. You can leave a donation of any amount you like or set up a monthly donation just like Patreon or Subscribestar. Only I don't make you pay for my content. I only invite you to contribute. There's a link in the description. I sincerely appreciate your interest and support. The martial arts of Judo, Jiu-Jitsu, Karate, Sumo, and Aikido are quite different from one another, and often people question which art is best. This episode is not about which art is best, or better than any other, but more on how they relate to one another and a better way to look at them. Even asking which one is better is a bit too simplistic. Each art has its strengths and specialties, things it's particularly good at. I'm not talking merely about techniques or strategies, but also how it is trained and practiced. It's controversial to say, but arts which include competitive elements have an easier time avoid being drawn down the delusional path into irrelevance. This is a very common problem in the martial arts world. When there is no format for testing a technique or practitioner in a live environment by an opponent who is trying his best to prevail, the art will become compromised. Even this is not enough. Competition itself can distort and diminish the capabilities of an art by having so many limits on techniques that an art becomes hyper-specialized. When this happens, practitioners excel at those specialties but have gaping holes in their abilities. I invite you to consider looking at these arts as specialized aspects of a larger art, that art being fighting. Each of these arts has particular fundamentals which are crucial to the study of hoplology, which is the study of human combative behavior. Each has chosen to focus on particular aspects and omitted others. These arts separated from one another fairly recently from the standpoint of history. They did this before their organizational structure became as formalized as we are used to today. By recent, I'm talking about the mid to late 1800s. The most distinct example is Judo, founded by Jigoro Kano. I suppose the only exception one might argue is Sumo, which was a sport for many centuries before that. Prior to the use of the names Judo, Jiu-Jitsu, Karate, and the latecomer Aikido, empty-handed martial arts were referred to as Taijutsu, or body art. This was not a formalized martial art, it was just a generalized term to describe fighting without a weapon. If you punched, kicked, threw, or grappled, that was all just part of fighting. Here is where modern fans will think MMA. The thing is that martial arts throughout history were always mixed. The idea of separating them into distinct specialties based around technique is a fairly recent invention. Granted, as far back as the original Olympic Games, events were separated into three basic groups, Pane, Pigmachia, and Pancres. These were wrestling, boxing, and both combined. It was common throughout the world and in countless cultures to separate striking and wrestling, but this was as far as the separation usually went. Many cultures, if not most, had some sort of wrestling or grappling art, which included no striking. These cultural wrestling styles served not only as conditioning and fighting training, but also served as entertainment. Sumo was Japan's version. I'm sure sumo as a sport evolved over the ages, just as all sports have. There isn't a single martial sport which has kept itself intact over decades or millennia. They all evolve over time, and some don't take very long to do it. A recent example is the evolution of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu into a hyper-specialized grappling art. 
It took less than two decades for this art to achieve fame and notoriety, to become so sport-specialized that it's a shadow of its former self. It's definitely a respectable art, but modern practitioners are often left to find a way to fill a number of the gaping holes left by the narrow focus which formed in just a short time. Even Hicks and Gracie, probably the best example of the potency of jiu-jitsu out of Brazil, has expressed serious concerns about the effects of this hyper-specialization has had on the art. Judo is an art which, I think, has held up the best over time. It's gone through its own specialization, and practitioners have their own concerns about what judo is now and where it's going. However, judo has established a pretty solid formula for conveying itself to new generations. Judo is well known for conveying competency which holds up both in the self-defense and sport competition realms. To be honest, I wish karate and Aikido held up as well as judo has done. I think karate has done the better of the two between karate and Aikido, particularly karate which has included sparring and live practice against an opponent. Some karate dojos don't do any of this, and the results tend to be evident. There's a big difference between hitting a makawara board and having someone hitting you as you try to strike them. I'm sad to say that I think Aikido has drifted the farthest away from relevance. While I understand the concerns about having an art become a sport, because that brings up its own problems, I think they are minor compared to how easily training can slide into being lazy, where there is no active venue to test practitioners. Aikido often claims it has this with randori, but the randori which is commonly practiced is more like synchronized swimming than it is experiencing real violence. That could be a topic all on its own. Let's get back to the relationship these arts have with one another. Each are part of a larger whole, that is, dealing with physical conflict. Often, practitioners argue that their art is the most efficient and effective. If we consider each of these arts as being a collection of tools, which can include not only techniques but of strategies, then what tool is more efficient or effective than another? They really aren't, except that each tool is designed to do a particular job. Therefore, unless you have a specific application in mind for one of these arts, the broad statement that one is better than the other is inaccurate. Of the arts I listed, the only one I've not trained in is sumo. I can see tremendous value in what I've seen from sumo, though. What it does, it does very well, and is an aspect of combat that every martial artist should learn about. If you've not looked into sumo, I highly recommend checking it out. Try setting aside the modern perspective that martial arts are naturally separate entities, and think about what they were prior to the modern segmentation of the arts. They were one art. If you want to be complete as a martial artist, you should have some exposure and experience with as many of them as you can. How could you consider someone with no knowledge or skill at striking to be a complete martial artist? What about kicking, throwing, or grappling? The fewer of these that they have, the more of a one-trick pony they are. I've also found that the modern separation of these arts have served to create an us-and-them attitude among practitioners, and that's a really disappointing thing. Such attitudes can easily impede understanding and be disrespectful. I've found that top martial artists and competitive athletes have a healthy respect for other arts and a fascination with the things that those arts specialize in. You will never climb higher than what you can see. Take care not to blind yourself of the value that other arts offer. They were all at one time the same art. I sometimes wonder what that looked like when someone was not limited by a subset of skills or approaches. 
Maybe one day these arts will blend together again and regain the more broad set of capabilities they once had. If they do, they could certainly benefit from what was learned through the focused attention to the particular aspects of each art. I really do hope this happens. What do you think? Please share your ideas in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube, or go to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall Side and post a comment. The Spirit Aikido online program now has more than 90 videos in the program, with new ones added every few days. The most recent series of videos, I continue to expand my series on the use of the cane for self-defense. There are also videos on some great fundamentals of Nikio that I have found invaluable, as well as some unusual variations which are fun to train. There's a link in the description section. I invite you to check it out. I always enjoy hearing from listeners of the show, whether through comments or questions. Thank you all for sharing your interest. Enjoy your training.